You're listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and I'm so glad you're here. We have another amazing guest today on Unique Leaders Live, and I cannot wait for you to meet Dr. Sean Shapiro. But before we do, I'd just like you to go and do a few things for me. If you would uh, go to YouTube and subscribe, that would be great because there are other people that are so looking for the information that Dr. Sean will share with you. Um, because it, you know, they say that success leaves clues. Well, to me, it is the whole story. And this is all about Dr. Sean and his journey of becoming a chiropractic uh, practitioner uh, in the wellness arena. And so if everyone is looking for this type of information today, especially today. So go to YouTube and subscribe and then share this out. Um, when it is, uh, you know, there on Facebook, share this out on Instagram, share this out on LinkedIn, because this information is so, so necessary. So without further ado, I'd like you to meet my guest, Dr. Sean Shapiro. Hello. Hello, hello, and no. welcome. Welcome, welcome to Unique Leaders Live. Now, we met on uh, the Clubhouse Arena, yeah. And if you you folks don't know what Clubhouse is, it's an app, and it is an amazing app because it is um, an opportunity. Even if you never speak, uh, it's an opportunity to listen to amazing people and their stories. Don't you agree, Dr. Sean? Yeah, I mean that's how I started. I just started in the audience, and uh, one day a woman on Clubhouse named Brielle brought me up and asked me a question. And um, I, I had never even, I had never done a direct message on Instagram. I think maybe I had pictures from 2009 on Instagram from of my kids and stuff. And I said something about wellness and not being afraid of your health and all these things. And all of a sudden I had like 15 direct messages from people <laughs> saying, wow, that really helped me. That was like, well, can you tell me more? Can you like, how do I buy, what do I buy from you? I like, I don't have anything to sell. So I, but I got hooked. I got hooked right there. And I realized the power of the app to deliver a message that I really, you know, had never thought about delivering on that scale. I delivered to my patients every day, but I'd never thought about delivering it on that scale before. Absolutely. You know, like, like, so if you're on Breakfast with Champions, and again, if you're not on Clubhouse, I'm sorry about talking about all the lingo and stuff like that. But Breakfast with Champions is something that everybody should get involved with, as far as I'm concerned, because Glenn Lundy has created something that's changed. It's truly. And you I know, know you know. Like there. So, um, but if you get on a show like that, you can talk to up to, you know, 10,000 people in one day. Exactly. And if just one person hears the message that I have to deliver about health, then, you know, that's one more person that... I helped and I still got to hang out with my friends 
uh, on Clubhouse, exactly. which, have, which has become like a, a second family to me. So Absolutely. Yeah. Very much so. So we could go on and on about that because, as you know, I've known Glenn for a, yes. quite a, three or four years now. And it's just been a blessing to then get up in the morning and I start with Rise and Grind. And now, of course, I start with Clubhouse. But before we go further into that, let's go back to you. Because mm -hmm. you just shared something very important that you came up onto the uh, breakfast table, so to speak, and shared a little bit. And then, of course, you then had immediate response. So let's go back to um, Dr. Sean, but young Sean, where you grew up and a little bit about your just your background of what brought you to the beginning stages of where you are today. OK, so. Um... So I'm I'm known for speaking very short. So I will try not to be so short this time. Uh, the the um, the so it was about two, 1998. I graduated from college. Uh, I really was not sure what I wanted to do with my life. I had a degree in psychology and communications. Uh, didn't even know what either of that would do for me. And I ended up in retail management because I had had a lot of uh, family experience in re in the retail arena, arena. So I was in you know mid management in retail, worked for a bunch of retailers that were basically sinking, trying to sort of get my bucket and empty out the ship, so to speak, mm -hmm. from afloat. And uh, it became a very sort of tedious thing. You know, when I went into retail management the, for the first couple of years, it was like, well, you could develop people, you could help people, you know, improve their lives, you know, make them better salespeople, make them better people. Mm -hmm. But but it was becoming harder and harder as corporate mentality seeped into retail sales and stuff like that. So um, I kind of left and didn't really have a plan, but left that, that world. And my grandmother at the time was going to get an elective surgery for a mitral valve in her heart. And um, so we went to, I lived in New Hampshire and we went to Boston, went to Brigham and Williams Hospital, which is like one of the best places to have that done in the world. And they did a great job uh, with her and they replaced the valve and it was supposed to give her more pep, allow her to walk more, give her more energy. And they did a great job down there, but eventually it was getting hard for our family to travel to Boston. It was like an hour and a half ride and there's a lot of traffic, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in Boston. If you're, if you're watching this in New England and you know, and you know what Route 93 is, you know what I'm talking about, you know, at the end, at drive time. So... Uh, we moved her to uh, another hospital in Manchester, which will remain nameless. Uh, and that's when things started going south. Um, somebody mistranscribed the amount of Coumadin that, mm. she, that she was supposed to take. Yes. And uh, she ended up having, it was very dry in the hospital. She ended up getting a mild infection in her throat, which bled a little bit. And then it bled. Wow. And it bled. And it bled and eventually threw a thrombosis and gave her a stroke. So here's somebody who was healthy when she went in, just needed a little extra pep. Mm -hmm. um, but because nobody was paying attention to her, ended up having a big problem. Well, I was looking for something to do with my life at that point. And I said, huh, I could fix this because I, mm -hmm. I think I could fix everything. Right. So so I looked into it and I was going to become a a medical doctor and I was going to go to medical school and I was going to change it. But the more medical doctors I talked to in pursuit of this, they said, no, 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 you're not going to, you don't, you don't come into medicine to change it. You can't change anything because the fix is in, so to speak. So, you know, if you look at who writes the, um, if you look at who writes the uh, medical texts, uh, who writes the, who, who, who creates uh, the curriculums at medical schools. Now it was already back then the pharmaceutical company. Yes. And, 
you know, I, I, I mean, so I don't really have to go any further than that. Uh, no, you do not. Right. So, so I, I looked at it and I said, well, the fix is in there. So I was going to go into physical therapy, but then I realized that you didn't really have any autonomy as a physical therapist at the time. Now they do a little bit, which is great. But for the most part, you couldn't diagnose anything. You were dependent on doctors to give you information, you know, to give you patients. And you could only work on what the doctor told you to. So if somebody came in with a knee problem, but you knew it was their hip, or if you knew it was their low back and the doctor didn't agree with you, you couldn't work on that unless you wanted to work on it for free. And that didn't make any sense to me either. So um, my grandmother kept going through this recovery uh, and she became aphasic, which means she lost her ability to speak on her second stroke uh, by accident, by the way. Uh, so second stroke and she became aphasic. And I kept talking about my, to my mother in the room. I was like, I don't know what to do. I mean, I, I want to help people, but I don't know how to help them because, you know, the system's not set up to help people right. per se. I mean, there are plenty of people doing a great job in certain things, but lifestyle management, lifestyle management is not its strong suit, right? It's not medicine's strong suit right now. I'm sure at some point it'll all become part of it. And hopefully, you know, on that, on that day I can retire and know that, that everybody is going to be taken care of properly. But until that day happens, right. that's not what, that wasn't happening then. And it's not happening to, to this point now. Yeah. So that said, I was having this conversation. And the first thing my grandmother said when she, when she, after like a week of the aphasia was, why don't you look into becoming a chiropractor? And I went, no, no. And the internet, you know, it was, it was on 1998, 1999, whatever. The internet was pretty primitive still then. It's, I guess it's still pretty, if you listen to some people, it's still pretty primitive, but the internet was primitive then. So I did a search and I found this thing called a green book in PDF form, which is this text written by a guy named BJ Palmer in like 1913 or something like that. Yeah. And I started reading it and I was like, oh, well, I don't know if I can swear, but holy, you know what? Yeah. This makes sense. This makes sense. Yes. And I started looking into it more. And about three weeks later, I had sold my house. <laughs> I had uh, packed up and moved to St. Louis to become a chiropractor. Right. And that was all because I just wanted to change a system that probably didn't want to be changed anyway. But now, mm -hmm. now I do it one patient at a time, one spine at a time, one, you know, one starfish at a time, mm -hmm. you know. I don't know if you know the starfish story, but it's like, you know, the old man's walking to the beach. He sees this kid running back and forth on the beach and he's running. He, he runs back up the beach, picks something up, runs to the ocean and throws it in the water. And he keeps repeating that as the old man approaches and the old man approaches and says, son, what are you doing? And he sees he's picking up starfish and throwing them in. There's thousands of starfish, thousands of starfish washed up in the beach. And the boy looks up and he says, I'm throwing the starfish back in the water. And he goes, well, you can't possibly save them all. You're not going to make a difference. And the boy looks at the one in his hand, throws it in the water and says, that one meant the world. So mm -hmm. I'm just here picking up starfish and throwing exactly. them in the water. Exactly. And that is such an awesome, awesome uh, endeavor because it is that one person at a time. That's why I asked you to be on the show, because, I mean, I've heard you speak and I hear your heart and um, we're aligned with that. I'm not a physician, but I'm a medical esthetician, product developer. And um, I had a uh, an experience, I guess you'd say, over the years. Now, again, not doing um, 
any physical type of work, but again, what you're doing with what you're doing and the starfish story is that so many people just need to be heard and need to be listened to about their needs. So I could help them and my staff on some level, you help them on a different level, but um, over time I continue to add things and align, you know, bring in more medical and help people. And we ended up doing uh, regenerative stem cell therapy. Uh, and that really, uh, Dr. Sean, started from me needing a knee replacement. And I did uh, research on it. And the statistics were horrific, meaning it was 60, 40%. And I didn't want to be in that 40% because then you just have plastic and metal in you. And no opportunity to, you know, restore that or regenerate that area. So I, I, I did further research and started doing that or did that. And um, it dramatically changed my life. And so I then looked into bringing it into my business uh, and my medical practice. And um, it just truly was remarkable. So I understand clearly where what your heart is saying and where you're going with your work. So now, uh, do you find that here it's 2021 and you're in New Hampshire mm. and are, well, are people still not able to, they are coming to you. So obviously they're able to get out of their homes, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. I never closed. Oh, you didn't? Uh, no, I didn't. So I, I knew, I saw the writing on the wall where this, mm -hmm. this was, this, was going uh, from the get-go. So I got, before he even said we were essential, I got a letter from the state saying that I could stay open. That was an essential service. I and I tried to make deals with like the uh, emergency room uh, in a, to the local hospital, the, the, um, the walk-in care clinics and stuff like that, that if they had headache and backache patients that they didn't want exposed, mm -hmm. you know, if that became a problem that they could send them to my office, we could do x-rays for them and take care of them. And I would, I would actually, I actually said that I would be available night or day to do it. And that was kind of my, my con contribution to keeping people out of the emergency rooms for, for things that maybe could be managed conservatively right. anyway. So, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we had, we had things in place that kept me open. I did pretty well. Um, I kept losing staff though for kids and then, sure. you know, other, other issues came up and stuff like that. So by June, uh, I was down to just me <laughs> and I was just getting busy again. And uh, my location was downtown. I love downtown Portsmouth. I don't know if you've ever been here, but it's one of my favorite uh -huh. places in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like this ancient fishing village that they've just superimposed a bunch of, you know, really good restaurants, really good culture. Everybody's friendly, the whole bit. Mm -hmm. But it beca it's becoming less and less tenable situation down there for businesses like mine to have, like I would see, at, the, at one point, I was seeing, you know, 70 people a day oh, wow. uh, or more. And that parking is a, is a big demand on the system down there. So they ended up taking my parking lots for both construction and for restaurants for outdoor seating. So not so I so at, in June, I hire a new staff. I get them all trained. By the time they're ready to go, we actually they actually put the restaurants in the parking lot the next day. And we went from like 50 people to like like 20 and it was like, no, 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 you know, we can't do this anymore. Wow. So, so it required a big pivot uh, because we were going out of business and I had already gone through a lot of my, I gone through the PPP money, obviously, because, you know, I had to pay my staff, but, uh, 
But, um, you know, we had we'd gone through a lot of our reserve cash at that point. So I just decided it was time to move out of downtown. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I bought a beautiful I bought a beautiful clinic uh, right outside the, of downtown and, and it's worked out great. And the thing that we learned, Megan, was that you have to, whether you were afraid of pandemic or not, it didn't make any difference. What you had to do was be willing to allow other people to feel the way they wanted to feel and be afraid of what they wanted to feel without, uh, be afraid of without judgment. And that, and that was my, that was my new shtick in October, I was like, I am no longer going to become this conspiracy theory guy. I'm no longer going to get involved in all the, the haggling and the arguing about masks and stuff like that. I'm going to just do my job because that's what I was sent here to do. Amen. And if I've got to wear a mask, I got to wear a mask. If I've got, you know, and luckily we have a great state. Uh, our governor did a really good job of distributing PPE stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so, so that was not much of a of, of an encumbrance uh, financially at all for me. Mm-hmm. And um, so we moved into a, more of a luxurious clinic type setting. Uh, we, have a, we, have, we have a lot going on that way. We, but we also did a million things to make people feel safe. We, we uh, bought some of those electrostatic cleaners. So we used mm-hmm. those on a regular basis. We, put, we bought nanotechnology to put on all the door handles, everything that anybody would afraid. Personally, I knew because I was reading the data that, that COVID really didn't spread that way. Right. But people believed it did. And it was like $150 worth of nanofilm to make fe- people feel like you cared about their fears. So why not? I mean, it doesn't make any difference what I believe. It's, the, it's what they believe. That's it's what right. they cared about. That's and right. knowing that they were all home suffering because they were afraid to come out of their house because nobody was taking them seriously, especially mm-hmm. in my profession, chiropractors, mm-hmm. who were very good at pointing out what was wrong with the pandemic, but not what was right and what people could do. So if you're listening, there's your little rebuke. But um, and that's one of the reasons I'm on Clubhouse, by the way, is to teach chiropractors how to treat their patients with a little more than they they did pandemic. But, you know, one of the things you're saying, like teaching like your colleagues, but also sharing with the thousands of people listening to you on Clubhouse and now on this uh, uh, program and so forth is your heart. Because it is about, like, I found throughout my work, the same point is that you're listening to them. It's sharing with them and uh, and really customizing what they, you know, uh, not only what they need, but the pro- the protocol and the treatment. So you're listening to them. And, you know, you said something very key about loving downtown, but yet, and it was fabulous for you. But as you were speaking about it, I was thinking about what you just said there pandemic or no, this is going to be easier, the new location for you and your staff, as well as your patients. Mm -hmm. But regardless of where you are, they're going to follow you wherever you go because of who you are and listening to them and their needs of what you just said. It's key. It's key. Well, we made a big big comeback. uh, Our best year was 2014 when we had multiple chiropractors working and we're mm-hmm. by myself because I'm not going to hire a chiropractor until I find the right person, mm-hmm. another person to do what I do. Mm-hmm. I just, maybe I'm a little bit of a, a control freak, uh, but, um, but, but, uh, but I, but I will hire somebody eventually, but we're already, we're already doing better than we were doing That's in that. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. We're very, very, very lucky. Very lucky. Let me ask you uh, back to your grandmother and what happened there when you use the term, she just needed a little pep. 
And then that mess happened and beyond a mess. Um, had you been practicing at that time and she left the um, hospital in uh, Boston and came home, would you have been able to treat her for her PEP and her needs? Um, knowing what I know now, yes. But knowing what I knew, no, knowing what I knew 10 years ago, no. So probably right. not at that point. Okay. Knowing what I know now about yes. functional medicine, and I'm not a, please, I'm not, I'm not a functional medicine practitioner. I don't claim to be, I, I can help people with it. I understand it because it's all based on something called applied kinesiology, which is something that was created by a chiropractor named George Goodhart in 1954, blah, 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 blah. I understand all of it and I probably could get a certification in it, but I choose to stay in my lane in this particular case because I have a wonderful nutritionist who does a much better job of following up with that stuff. But yeah. knowing what I know now, yes, I could have helped her uh, mm -hmm. with the mitral valve problem Mm -hmm. prior to surgery oh, prior and, to perhaps, surgery. and perhaps and perhaps avoided the need for the surgery maybe i mean i don't know i, I, I don't know i yes, don't know okay. so the the inflammation the tests for inflammation that they that they were usually using back then mm -hmm. were not very good right so there's not a lot there's not a lot there weren't a lot of there's not a lot of data points for me to go to and say yeah we could have mm -hmm. care of this mm -hmm. and we could take care of that that problem but Knowing what I know now, if we had tried to rehab the heart instead of trying to get the mitral valve replaced right off the bat, then maybe we could have stopped that from happening. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they do that very often anymore anyway. I think it's a very healthy... I, I see. I yeah. see. Uh, but I, I, what I was getting at, ish, and it's an ish, yeah, is sorry. that to give our, our guests the opportunity to listen to you and say, before you jump off the bridge and have surgery, just have other opinions in other fields. Do you agree with that? Yes, uh, 100, 100 billion percent. Like so, so what I always like is when a patient comes in and says, "This is what my doctor said." Like they're holding paper up. This is what my doctor says is wrong with me, and you didn't even mention this. And then I give that. I show. I I I love that moment. Because that, that's the moment where I'm going to actually be able to flip the switch in the patient to understand what their doctor is really telling them mm -hmm. okay, about disempowering belief systems mm -hmm. and, their own, and, their, and their own inability to heal to turn them into, okay, so you've got this inflammation problem, right? But I told you to take the omega-3 fatty acid thing, right? And I said, well, here's the research article that tells you that if you, if you have a good omega-6 to omega-3 ratio, then you can't be sick. So I didn't have to tell you. All I had to do was tell you that you have the ability to heal yourself by eating better food, mm -hmm. by, by, by taking a supplement that's concentrated in the fatty acids that you need, because at this point, the food would be hard and slow path for you. And they'll, they, they, may, they may or may not get it at that point, but they have to understand that all practitioners speak a different language because of the way that they're taught. Mm -hmm. They're all describing the same problem for the most part, unless you get into vertebral subluxation, which is what I treat. Um, for the most part, all allopathic conditions, all symptoms, all that stuff can be described like 50 different ways to Sunday, right? So, mm -hmm. so if you get somebody like me who has to keep things simple for himself, right? Who has to, who has to, who has to like 
use some discernment to say, hmm, well, this is what I hear you saying, but that doesn't make sense based on this. So I can integrate things into a very simple uh, matrix of co concepts that either make sense or don't make sense. And when people bring their problems to me that way, I have people who I haven't seen in months show up and say, this is what my doctor's telling me what to do. What, what, what do you think? And I'll tell them what I think. And sometimes it is get the surgery. Absolutely. Get the yeah. surgery. Why, why, why are you suffering? Why are you worried about getting the surgery when you can't even walk? Why, you know, get the surgery and then don't do it again. Don't do this to yourself again. Be smart this time. You know, mm -hmm. we only get so many do-overs when it comes to our body, right? Amen. Amen. But, you know, people buy, you've heard this before, people buy from people they know, like, and trust. And that everything you've said throughout this period of our uh, visit is that you've built that relationship with people, that information giver, that is that sharing. And it is, and therefore they'll come to you. That's wonderful. You know, before they might have surgery, you know, to confer with you about, is this what they should do? That's I think wonderful. it's more important that people are empowered than me getting their money Mm -hmm. as patients absolutely and i'm willing to walk away from patients who i know won't get well because they won't listen mm -hmm. i'll give them three names because that's what the state says i have to do i'll say this isn't going to work here you know you you need to either listen to me or you need to go someplace else and learn a lesson so that or you can go to a chiropractor who's got less self-esteem than i do because mm -hmm. i'm i'd rather i would rather not have them as a patient mm -hmm. than fail to get them well that's how obsessed I am with 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 fixing stuff. That's what I do. I just fix stuff all the time. Well, I so, wish you were closer. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I, really mean, that. I mean that very sincerely. Actually. You're in Austin, right? Yes, outside yeah, of Austin. I love Austin. That yeah. I tried to talk before we got before we had my kids. I tried to talk my wife into moving there because my brother-in-law moved there, and I love it there. My favorite place there, uh, Paggy House. I don't know if that's still open. The restaurant, Paggy House, and Uchi. Yes. Well, the it, that is absolutely the first. I'm not sure, but uh, I live in Georgetown, which is 20 miles north, right on 30 uh, Interstate 35. So essentially, it's a bedroom community mm -hmm. of Austin. But Austin's a great town. It really is. And the, you know, I'm a New York girl. Moved to Texas in '87, so I've been in Texas almost as long as I lived in New York. So I've, I guess I'm sort of a Texan. What were you, 10 when you moved, to, moved to Texas? Say it again? You were 10 years old when you moved to Texas? <laughs> thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. But uh, so as we close, just getting ready to close, because, you know, we've spoken about the essence of you, your practice, what you do, your, you know, uh, going forward. Um, because you've spoken about that, this is very important to you to continue on. You don't have any grandiose meaning to have this huge practice. You have found your sweet spot, your wheelhouse. So you know what you're going to be doing for the next X, Y, Z years. You have a new facility mm -hmm. and you'll hire someone um, down the road that is complimentary to you. Correct? Is that yeah. kind of a summation? Of what a what great summary. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Well, I close always with the same question. Um, now, Sharon Lecter was on a Clubhouse this morning for a little bit, I'm and uh, she's one of my heroes. Mm -hmm. And um, awesome. I just so admire Sharon and everything she's done, uh, especially as a woman in business. Uh, but she and Greg Reed wrote a book several years ago in the Napoleon Hill with 
the Napoleon Hill Foundation called Three Feet from Gold. Mm -hmm. Have you ever read that, John? I have not read the no. book, but I do know the story that inspired it. Yeah, okay. uh, so, and I know the, I know the story well that inspired it, actually. Yes. So, and so it's um, somewhat autobiographical in reference to Greg, but it is a fiction. Uh, but through it, uh, Sharon shares about her success formula. So it's such an interesting concept because it's a story, but it's loosely based on Greg and his story. But the beginning, as you're referencing, is about a gentleman from the East Coast during the gold rush days and um, had, you know, stars in his eyes, not a starfish, but as, you know, wealth stars and went out west, bought a, a piece of the action, so to speak, started chiseling away to uh, find his, uh, his gold vein and got very frustrated and sold it to a townie. And that person, three feet from there, hit gold, struck gold. So um, that's that premise of three feet from gold. Mm -hmm. But Sharon's success formula is your passion plus talent times association plus action or times action plus faith equals success. Now, I'm not going to ask you all of those, but what is your passion and what is your talent? Um, wow. So my passion is for fixing things. I think I said that. <laughs> fixing things in the in people's bodies. Uh, that's my passion. Uh, I love to be the hero in the story. Absolutely. And I don't need, I actually don't need the credit afterwards. I just need to know that I did it. Mm -hmm. I mean, my bit, my favorite story in the world. Uh, I've got, I can't, I know we don't have time for that, but no, maybe. We do. Go ahead. Okay. It's my favorite story in the world. And most people are going to like shake their heads, not, not believe it. But I had this nine-year-old boy who uh, he was wedding's bed. And he, as a result of that, you know, when you're nine years old, the big thing, the big exciting thing is sleepovers. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember when you were a kid, but going to sleepovers like that, you were accepted into the tribe. Then that was, that was it. You, that was the best thing that could happen because you could stay up late that night. You could mm -hmm. eat all kinds of bad food and your parents weren't there. Right. But this kid could not, could not experience that. Mm. So <laughs> bad wedding. Right. So, yeah, uh, so, so, so his parents had done everything. They didn't know what to do. Um, they read somewhere on the internet that people that I, that someone could, a chiropractor could help with bad wedding. And believe it or not, um, we, 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 we were not very successful at first, but he was nine years old and um, he had very flat feet. And the only thing I didn't do was try to fix his feet a little bit more. Um, I could not have an orthotic made for him, which is something I do in my clinic. About 90% of my patients end up getting orthotics because it helps them tremendously. We've actually had people from Clubhouse either drive or fly in just for me to fit them for orthotics when I could yeah. find something to do. But anyway, that's a whole other story. So, nice. but, um, so, 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 so what I did was I learned from a guy, um, oh boy, his name escapes me now. He used to be the chiropractor for the Dodgers uh, in LA and he's done a couple of professional sports teams in his time. And he's actually a very dear, like dear acquaintance of mine. I can't remember his name off the top, but you could tape people's feet. So I taped his feet and um, 
And I was not the most experienced taper in the world. I probably could have had an aide do it or something like that. But I was like, eh, I'm just going to do it myself because I want to make sure we get those arches covered. So we tape his feet and uh, he goes five days without wetting his bed. And I said, okay. So this was the problem because his feet were causing a pelvic tilt that were putting pressure on his bladder and it was releasing. Oh, wow. So, so um, we can't, so I literally gave them the treatment plan. I was like, listen, I need him here every day. I need to adjust his feet and I need to mold his feet into what I need them to be so that he can not have to tape his feet so he can go to sleepover. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we did it. We did it for about two weeks. We beat the heck out of his feet. And I feel bad about some of the moves that I had to do on the bones. Didn't really hurt him, but it was uncomfortable. And um, don't see them for a month and a half after that. Never, don't, don't, don't really hear anything. Wonder, wonder what goes on. But, you know, people come in and out of, of treatment all the time. So it's sure. really not something you think about because it'll drive you crazy, right? Yeah. So I get a call on my cell phone on a Sunday morning. Uh, and it's his mother. She goes, I want you to talk to him. And he gets on the phone. He says, I slept over Darren's house last night. And I didn't want the bed. That's that's my favorite story. That's a good one, Dr. Sean. I like to to fix stuff. I like to fix stuff that nobody else can do. Amen. Oh, goodness gracious. No. So that is, and so I'm going to answer your, uh, my question to you. So fix stuff, but your talent is your heart to listen, to listen to that and seek, right? That and to be present for every patient. To, yes. to, 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 when I'm in, when I'm in front of them, just to, just to take them the way they present themselves, meet them with it. Right. right. Like you said about the pandemic, it's not our place to, to share your, a position, amen, wow. of a mask or no mask. Wow, it is to listen. Yes, wow. Wow, wow, wow. What a treasure. You got me to cry, Megan. You got me to oh. cry. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just, you know, I wish that people would listen to, I mean, I'm not saying people don't listen to uh, the Unique Leaders Live, but that's what the beauty of this is, Dr. Sean, is that people share their hearts. Uh, I mean, because I and I'm speaking to our other guests. There are some nuggets of amazing things that some of these our guests have shared. And because it's just a conversation and you're just sharing your heart with our guests. So it's just such a special time. Thank you so much for joining me. Honestly, no, I wish you were you. closer. We could join forces because that's my only challenge right now. Are, no, no, our forces are joined. Don't oh, worry. Yes, for our sure. Forces. For sure. And we'll be doing things together for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And if you would just stay in the green room for a minute as we close, I'll be back to you in a minute. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. 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 Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And as I said earlier, before we began, please do share this out because it will really help others. Because if you think back to what Dr. Sean said He finished college. He wasn't clear on what his path was, but his heart has always been about helping others and listening to people. And that then led him to his career, what he is doing currently. So you all are, I mean, in a place in your life, whether you're in a career job or not, 
that you're always evolving. And this story just shares that evolution, that it doesn't stay stagnant. It's always evolving. So I just ask you to please share this out. And then, uh, you know, um, from Facebook to uh, Instagram to LinkedIn, and of course on YouTube. And my book, Hope and Possibilities Just Over the Horizon, it's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams, is on my website, megandemartino.com. Certainly can purchase it on Amazon. Went to number one on January 4th, 2020, which is my mother's birthday, which was such a, a gift to me. But again, it's my journey and you can glean things in my story, like Dr. Sean's, that it's about starting and not stopping. So just know that, that it's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And on Wednesdays, I do my Megan DiMartino Hope and uh, Possibilities. So join me Wednesdays on Facebook, and then it, again, it goes into all the other platforms as well. Have a wonderful day, have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you on the next Unique Leaders Live, and be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders Podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at megandemartino.com. I have a free gift for you, my book, Hope and Possibilities Just Over the Horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it. Be blessed.